Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. I have uh, entered negotiations, as you may know, with a sea witch for the return of my voice. Still a little bit low, but the show must go on, and that's why we are bringing you strange news at the top of the week. We are going to learn a little bit about... uh, drugs in japan we're going to learn about some mysterious deaths not just in the bahamas but in south africa we're going to talk about a guy you may have heard of named john mcafee a very interesting hamburger contest or burger contest in general uh a rocket hit the moon but i i don't know where we start oh we also have to talk about maxwell not the r&b singer maxwell yeah when i first started getting text about this for some reason it was late at night uh, and I thought my friends were telling me that the R&B singer Maxwell was sentenced to jail. Isn't Maxwell the one that had the music video where he's like topless and Bro, appears to be getting... so funny. No, that's D'Angelo. Ooh. I was literally oh, about to say, I always confuse <laughs> Maxwell and D'Angelo. Maxwell had kind of a fro situation. Ooh. It was definitely like a soul singer, but D'Angelo is the one with like the happy trail of the gods. That is the like, right. horniest video I think that ever <laughs> he, videoed. He's got what? He's got what Dan Harmon calls the gutters, and I'm censoring that. <laughs> a DV. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, Maxwell, Maxwell is a huge voice in Neo Soul. And okay. as far as we know, unlike uh, R. Kelly and unlike Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, our Maxwell, he's officially going to be our Maxwell now, uh, has okay. never been involved with uh, trafficking or abuse of minors. So decent person. 
that we're aware of. I just, I don't know the guy. Uh, I'm yeah. sure he's awesome. I'm sure he's super awesome. Okay. So let's talk about the Maxwell. We all know and know. I pulled that from you, Ben. You used to say that all the time. Um, Ghislaine Maxwell, we have discussed on this show multiple times, giving you little updates here and there. The It's not the final update, but it's kind of a closing update. She was recently sentenced to 20 years. At least that is uh, according to the reporting that we are reading out of Vanity Fair. It was posted yesterday as we record this on June 28th. I'm going to read just a quick excerpt from this Vanity Fair article written by Dan Adler. In late December, after a three-week trial, a federal jury found Maxwell guilty on five charges of aiding Epstein's abuse. That's, of course, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, who uh, <clears throat> didn't kill himself, uh, but was found dead in, you know, his jail cell. Uh, after the Southern District of New York Probation Department recommended a 20-year sentence, Maxwell's attorneys argued for four to five years. And prosecutors asked for between 30 and 55 years. As is noted in this article, Maxwell is currently 60 years old. So uh, anything in the 30 to 55 range would just be sentenced to death in prison, essentially. On Tuesday. Yep, exactly. On Tuesday, after hearing statements from victims of Epstein and Maxwell and arguments from the government and Maxwell's defense, Judge Allison Nathan handed down a 20 year sentence. So that is currently the fate of Ghislaine Maxwell. As we stated before, she has a very uh, a fascinating story of her own and family story as, right. you know, a, a socialite. Uh, and it's been a storied tale, let's say. Her, her dad's story is a little bit uh, more fascinating, I think, as well, Matt, um, because he is yep. pretty much obviously in Mossad and I was, or he was in his time, Mm -hmm. in his heyday, the guy was moving some dirt. Uh, But one thing that I think is incredibly important to note here is that there are, there are surprisingly plausible shenanigans, potential shenanigans that could happen with this, right? So that's the 20 years previously suicide watch was under concern here, but we have to remember There's a lot of speculation. None of it is solid, but there's a lot of compelling speculation regarding the possibility that Maxwell and Epstein were working with intelligence agencies. And if that is the case, then we have to ask ourselves, um, why did she get such a um, compare it? Like it's damning for her at her age, but why did she get off so lightly, right? Being, you know, one of the heads of an international child abuse network. Well, And we're not saying this is true, but think about it this way. If you're an intelligence agency and you know that there is a list of powerful people, right, doing illegal things and even maybe video evidence of them doing that, well, obviously the right thing to do is to reveal those names and prosecute them. But the smarter thing to do is to keep those names, let those folks know you know who they are, and then boom, you've got leverage. Intelligence agencies have done this before. Uh, it only backfired famously once with Indonesian dictator Suharto. Remember that story? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, yeah, you think about uh, other recent events uh, from 2016 onward where there's alleged uh, leverage of that sort, right? I'm thinking back to it reminds me of uh, that old fella, Jamiroquai Edgar Hoover. Uh, I think that's yeah. what do you I think that was his name. Uh, that's what the J stands for. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> traveling without moving situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fold space uh, with those dance moves. Let me tell you that, that oh, entire yeah. band is a tribute to Hoover. <laughs> if you, just <laughs> just you don't have to take our word for it, folks. Listen back, read the lyrics and then tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, from our research on the MLK tapes, just we discover there's there's congressional testimony from other FBI agents at the time when J. Edgar Hoover was in charge of just how much control and leverage he uh, he exerted over people around him, both friend and foe, through that kind of dirt that you're that we're talking about here. Right? It was almost an obsession to him, and you can only imagine to probably others who hold that position or similar intelligence agency positions. Okay. Well, that's, that's one story down guys. I got a few more updates for you guys. You remember that story from a while ago, we uh, went to the Bahamas and there were three people who had died, but they didn't have any 
trauma to their bodies. They were just found in their luxury resort. Do you guys remember this? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, that was, that was the big, uh, the big kind of Sherlock Holmesian moment where it's like, what is going on? Was it like some sort of gas leak or a poisoning or like swamp uh, pollution or something? Right. Wasn't that yeah. the one? Yeah. It was one where we, where authorities had no idea what was going on. Uh, one person out of four, Uh, individuals who were affected was airlifted and saved, but the other three were just dead and it was unknown what occurred. Well, there's an update coming out of CNN right now by Polo Sandoval. And this uh, states that at least according to authorities there in Bahamas uh, at the great Exuma Island, they are stating that these three individuals died from carbon monoxide poisoning. And it appears that the fourth person who was airlifted was also suffering from carbon monoxide poisoning. I've got a quick quote from that article, quote, at this juncture of the investigation, we can officially confirm that all three of the victims died as a result of asphyxiation due to carbon monoxide poisoning. This is according to the Mm -hmm. Royal Bahamas police force. Mm -hmm. They do state that this matter remains under active investigation and they are not releasing any more information or details about the deaths. Okay. So here is what we think. Please stop emailing us. We'll <laughs> tell you if something else happens. Yeah. It is still strange to me that carbon monoxide poisoning could have been the cause, especially, again, due, the, due to the nature of those luxury resorts um, that are separated out, you know, like individual units. That just somehow one of them, there was a leak somehow within it, and those people uh, were affected. It's very strange still to me. I want more details. So, you know. Royal Bahamas Police Force, please uh, keep releasing info when you can. I want to know because I don't want to ever visit a resort that has some kind of whatever piping issue that was occurring there, whatever that was. Um, Last update from me, guys. It's about John McAfee. So a while ago, about a year ago, actually, almost exactly a year ago to the day, we released an episode where we discussed John McAfee. Because he was found dead on June 23rd, 2021. And there was a lot of mystery around his death, right? Oh, at least there were a lot of questions around his death. Well, um, like, was there some sort of dead hand, you know, trigger um, that would like somehow uh, it put his enemies in danger, or expose some, you know, dirt on them? We, we saw some things that maybe could have been that, but we didn't really see any direct evidence that it was that, right? The big question I came away with when I was doing the research for it was how much of what he was saying was sort of larger than life hyperbolic advertising or alarmism versus how much was true. And uh, mm-hmm. the dead hand aspect, the idea of um, some sort of cache of sensitive, dangerous information releasing when somebody dies or when they fail to you know, perform their regular safeguards. Uh, to me, that's very, very interesting because he would have had the ability to make that he would have had the technical mm-hmm. chops, um, but nothing appeared to come out. And there was a really interesting website about it. Anyway, he definitely did die. Well, yeah, way, yeah, he did die. I've to me, guys, all of that hinges on whether or not he took his own life or he was right. killed. And right. when he was I found, mean, he, he was found of an apparent suicide by hanging. Right. And there are still a lot of, People that question, is that actually what happened? And there's a big reason for that. Guys, his body, as of today, while we're recording this on June 29th, 2022, his body is still at a morgue in Spain where he was found uh, in or near Barcelona. Is there a particular reason for that? Like, do we know? It's just how the Spanish roll, man. They're still (laughs) doing the, the wake. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's well, uh, no, I, mean, I, I, I just reason. wanted to yeah. say, like, you know, w- when James Brown passed away, he, he's from my hometown, Augusta, Georgia. He uh, laid in state or like was in a freezer, I think, even like in his private home or compound or whatever for an absurdly long amount of time to the point where it was quite suspicious mm-hmm. while like his family was kind of sorting out business arrangements and such. So it's not unheard of, but it's definitely like weird. And there's usually a reason. Yeah, well, in this case, one of the most anomalous things I would imagine uh, is 
that the corpse has been identified. It is not necessarily uncommon for unidentified corpses to languish in a foreign country, but if they have been identified, there are almost always moves to repatriate the body to the Mm. country of origin um, or whatever they consider that to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. As of right now, to my understanding, his body remains unclaimed. So it's in that box has been checked on whatever official documentation. His body is unclaimed. However, his spouse has been attempting to get his access to his body, at least, if not get his body back to the U.S. or to another country, at least out of Spain in some way, in order to run an independent investigation. The problem is that his body has been slowly decaying in that morgue for over a year at this point. And whatever independent investigation it's going to be hampered just by that state of decay. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you could really do at this point. It's all, uh, you know, that could have been purposefully done to, to make sure that it wasn't uh, that whatever compounds that were in his body or whatever, whatever the thing is that was attempting to be hidden. It mm-hmm. that could have, you know, a year's time could have degraded those substances enough to where it wouldn't show up in an independent autopsy or investigation or, mm-hmm. It's less serious than that. It's more of a legal issue, right? We we don't know, but it does appear that there could be something amiss there. It does look like the there is an issue regarding appeals because the McAfee mm-hmm. family said the autopsy was incomplete, and then the court denied that move, but then they appealed that initial decision. And that's when a judge said, we can't move the body over to the family until we settle the appeal. But um, as everybody knows, courts, even the most efficient courts, have been very, very slow amid the pandemic, right? So this could be just um, an overflow of cases, or it could also be something else. Unfortunately, that's we have to consider that possibility. Where do you fall in that in that regard, Matt. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I was just looking at Janice McAfee's Twitter account, and she posted a little while back on the 23rd, which is exactly a year after his passing, uh, that she still can't get his remains. She started a change.org petition back in May of this year, I think, to try and get you know enough signatures to at least get enough attention to try and get some help and social pressure. Um, where I fall, Ben, it's just, I think there's no harm in releasing a body at this point. It is a body. Do run whatever tests you need to run there in Spain still. Do whatever you need to do legally. And then, you know, send it away. If if a spouse wants an independent investigation or autopsy, I think you allow that to occur. I got to ask you guys, though, too. I mean, he def- definitely came out and said, I didn't he come out and say, like, I'm not, I, w- I will not kill myself. And if it looks as though that I've done that, then something is wrong. Yes. But also, I don't know, the man was a bombastic character. He was a real Hunter S. Thompson, you know, kind of kook. Uh, lots of history of drug abuse. And, and I mean, yeah, not to di- diagnose somebody from afar. <laughs> I mean, have the credentials to diagnose somebody from up close, but seemed to struggle with some forms of, you know, megalomania and uh, varying degrees of delusions of grandeur and stuff like that. I mean, do you think... It's possible that he he just did it. He just killed himself. Like that, that his like his lifestyle and you know kind of uh, choices he's made kind of caught up with him. Or do you guys both tend to lean toward foul play? In my opinion, um, stories like this, especially in a society that worships celebrities for some reason, stories like this get distorted. They miss the point. A human being is dead, and unless there is more information out there. Um, it's very difficult to make the call whether this is corruption or whether this person took their own life. Um, and I, the reason, and I'm not trying to uh, dodge the question, I just think it's very important to say, while it might feel good for people to automatically go straight to a murder and a cover-up, or while it might feel good for people to immediately say, well, I'm a skeptic and therefore I know this was a suicide. You don't really (laughs) because you're not in Spain looking at the body and you weren't there when the death went down. So I think that's um, unfair and 
to a degree, somewhat disrespectful to the families. I will say, would he have been the victim of a murder ginned up to look like a suicide? The odds of that are unfortunately higher for him than most other people because of his power, his status, and, you know, his uh, bombastic nature. Right? It's the same with Epstein. That's why it's weird when you have an incarcerated individual when someone dies in custody, you know, in state custody, local custody, when you're incarcerated and you die, I think there should be some kind of independent investigation, probably every time, just in case. So the public and loved ones don't have to have those those thoughts that are creeping in the back of their mind. Like, what if something mm-hmm. was done to my loved one in, in while incarcerated? All right, guys, uh, we need to take a break, but we'll be right back with more strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back with another piece of strange news. This one is uh, uh, drug related. And, you know, when you think of Japan, um, you think of there's a lot of things that come to mind immediately, like uh, incredible culture and food, animation. I mean, you know, the atomic bomb, uh, rebuilding civilization out of the ashes to create kind of technological wonders, um, a very kind of forward thinking futuristic culture that also is rooted in a lot of things, you know, stuck in the past um, and that can in some ways seem very uh, kind of constricting. Uh, one of those things is is the way drugs are handled and treated uh, in Japan. In particular, 
you know, there are there's some certainly some Asian countries that treat them with even more uh, iron fisted kind of laws. Uh, but in Japan, um, marijuana is absolutely illegal. Uh, possession of it can result in, I think, a minimum of five years in prison. Um, and they really hang that law specifically on THC. The very similar system to what they have here in the United States. It's all about a particular molecule um, that is categorized and scheduled and, and associated with with certain penalties. We are beginning to have a kind of marijuana, you know, sea change here in America as more and more states uh, become legal in terms of recreational use of cannabis. Uh, but even before that. For years, uh, and it's really beginning to heat up even more now, we have been seeing things like um, analogs to THC. Uh, for example, Delta 8 is kind of the big one. I've been hearing on some of my podcasts that I listen to, there's a company called Diet Smoke that specializes in uh, in Delta 8 um, gummies and, and things like that. Delta I 8 know is... Them. They're not bad. Yeah. It's not the same, but they're not bad. It's not as bad as Wizard Smoke, for anybody who Correct. remembers that. Wizard smoke, exactly, Ben. You're bringing me back. That was the kind of thing you'd see in the old tobacco shops. Don't call it a head shop. Definitely don't call it a bong or you're out on your butt. Um, that stuff was, I don't even know what that was, Ben, uh, exactly, but they were, they called it that. It was probably just some kind of incense. is largely a placebo effect, I imagine. Um, but then there were, there was a period where there were all these like lab chemicals. Um, there were, you know, there were different kind of chemical, compounds that weren't scheduled yet because they were so new or they were so like, you know, kind of like hard to pin down. And the moment one was scheduled, uh, the chemist could just change a slight, you know, uh, tweak the formula slightly and make it as a different molecule. And then it would no longer be, you know, in that, in that category. Um, some of these substances were incredibly, are incredibly potent, uh, and to the uninitiated can, kind of be borderline dangerous. Um, you know, I think anyone that's, that's smoked marijuana for any amount of time knows that it's not the smartest thing in the world to do while driving, to be super, super stoned and driving. And now that we've, we've got more legalization of it, we're hearing more advertisements for, you know, stoned driving is still driving while impaired and all of that. It's starting to become more a part of the kind of lexicon around impaired driving. But some of this stuff, these analogs or these lab chemicals, I mean, they would just like put you in the ground, like in terms of like, you know, really uh, absolutely catatonic almost effects. Um, we are starting to see this and probably have for some time, but really it's starting to kind of hit a, a bit of a stride in Japan. Um, in March, the Japanese government banned uh, something called HHC, a synthetic cannabis compound uh, that was super trendy um, after like a Japanese rapper promoted it. Uh, it has a lot of other cousins. Again, these, you know, slightly altered kind of analogs where they tweak the formula to kind of keep jumping through these uh, legal loopholes. Something called uh, 9 beta uh, THCV. HHCO and something called THCO. Uh, and the story today is just about, it's an article that, that I found in Vice called A Loophole in Japan's Weed Laws is Getting Tens of Thousands High. Uh, and then the, the little pull quote is, I can't believe I can get this high in Japan, of all places. Um, Essentially, this is a quote from a 24-year-old man in Tokyo uh, referring to his experience smoking something called THCO, which is a hemp-derived product that contains a chemical that is very, very, very close to uh, actual THC, which is the stuff that's in, in weed that gets you high. Um, he asked to be referred to anonymously because this is serious stuff in terms of being prosecuted for this kind of stuff, because this stuff is still kind of unregulated in much the same way that things here in the United States along this, these lines are still in kind of a weird gray area in terms of where the FDA comes in to regulate these things or, you know, scheduling. Like there was talk of scheduling some of these things here in the United States as well, but then things move a little bit slowly sometimes. So um, this stuff is becoming really, really popular. And this, this, this 24 year old said, I can't believe I can get this high in Japan and I'm not breaking the law. Uh, and yeah, that's basically what it amounts to Japan. Um, the sentences are super, super strict, uh, super, super steep for possessing actual THC, but these synthetic cannabis compounds 
are able to allow the purveyors of this stuff to essentially treat them or import them as oils or food. Um, and this is uh, something that pertains to synthetic cannabinoids that could potentially get people even more uh, faded than the actual THC. Um, so it's kind of right now in this interesting gray area that you would think the Japanese government would have figured out how to get a handle on, but as of yet, they, they have not. Uh, but they are beginning to kind of catch up and it's it's that same kind of deal. It's almost like a vice describes it as a game of whack-a-mole. It's the same thing that we saw here, where you take one lab chemical or, or analog or, or you know um, synthetic derivation, and then all you have to do is change a little bit of the formula, and then it no longer falls into that category, and it becomes really tough to pass like broad scheduling of things that you maybe don't even know exist yet. But uh, it's an interesting thing to think about and to, to follow um, the way other countries handle things like this because it does it does uh, turn out and we've seen this here if you guys remember stuff called spice that was really popular that was the street name or the over-the-counter name when you buy the smoke shops uh, for this lab chemical that would get people absolutely out of their minds uh messed up and in some cases having kind of delusions or even heart palpitations or strokes. It's the same way with the stuff that was called bath salts. You may remember the story of the, the man on bath salts who like chewed somebody's face off. Um, so there, there is uh, something to be concerned about when it comes to like these unregulated uh, kind of substances, these cannabinoids or other synthetic drugs. Well, yeah, cause it, it depends on how they're being manufactured. Right. That's right. And, and if it's a, smaller operation you can kind of compare it to moonshine or you know distilleries like gin distilleries along a river some somewhere during prohibition in america where you can't really control there's no industrial standard there's no one coming in and checking <laughs> checking all the additives and checking the machinery that's producing the product that's right it's absolutely right. Vice makes the same point um, just in terms of like, you know, when this stuff goes unregulated, like with moonshine, you have no way of quite measuring the potency of it. Uh, and if you buy some of the stuff or ever take a look at it, if you're ever at your local tobacco shop, it's interesting. Take, take a look at the labels on the back. You're going to see about the vaguest language you've ever seen in your life uh, as far as what's actually in the stuff or how many grams or whatever it is you should even uh, partake of to get the expected results. So it is, it is very much a legal gray area that can result in some pretty dangerous uh, after effects. Yeah, man. Oh, you guys, it just made me think of another story I saw. I think this is just worth bringing to everybody's attention. Have you guys ever heard of cloned trucks? Are you guys aware of this phenomena or this practice? I have not. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know about this. So you imagine the 18 wheelers that you see go by if you're ever on the road. There's a ton of them. A lot of them, oh, you know, know it's private companies, about. right? Mm -hmm. It's private yeah. companies. A lot of them are fleets of vehicles. So there are hundreds of the same looking vehicle. And it's a truck that carries whatever it is carrying for that company, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think about like Target and Walmart, um, any grocery store where there's FedEx. shipments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. UPS, just where thing. there's constantly shipping going all over the place. Mm -hmm. Even Iron Mountain, right? That's got a, sure. these huge Old trucks. Dominion, all of them. Yes. Yeah. So, something that certain organized drug operations have been doing recently, mm -hmm. and apparently for a long time, I just never knew about it, they've been cloning these corporations' vehicles. So, a UPS truck, like they... They get a truck, they paint it exactly like a UPS truck. They make all the decals look exactly the way it should. The only thing that's different is they don't have very specific serial numbers uh, attached to that vehicle or associated with that vehicle. Uh, right. So they're cloning it in, in look only and feel. It's not like if they actually got scanned or went to a way station or something, their credentials would come back clean, right? Right. They have some of the same, I, I know this, um, they have some of the same identifying numbers that the DOT, Department of Transportation, would use, but that's enough to maybe pass an eye check from law enforcement, but probably not enough when they get pulled over. And, and Matt, I was trying to, I was having a deja vu moment. I was trying to remember why I was thinking of this, it's it's because they're not just uh, 
used by cartels to run drugs or guns. They're used for human trafficking. And this came yes. to a gory head in San Antonio uh, just two days ago as we record. Yep. Well, are you talking about the one where there were 40 or more people found inside? At least, 50, at least 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah. yeah. Horrible story. Horrible, 46 horrible dead story. at the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole... Th- that's a whole thing on its own that's maybe worth a longer discussion about. I'm only bringing this up because there was an HEB truck that was recently found. HEB is a supermarket chain. Uh, it was discovered. It looked just like an HEB truck. And inside of it, there were 4,400 pounds of marijuana uh, inside this truck. It, rather than you know the thing it was supposed to be carrying. And it looked exactly like an HEB supermarket truck. So when the authorities pulled it over, they contacted HEB corporate and were like, hey, y'all, you running drugs now? And mm. they're like, uh, wait a second. No, let's check our records. Absolutely no records of that vehicle in their fleet whatsoever. It had been cloned by somebody running a whole bunch of drugs. You know what this reminds me of tangentially is uh, something that I had not heard about uh, until the pandemic something called ghost kitchens. A lot of people are ordering oh, yeah. food online and you would order from, you know, uh, the the Octopus Saloon or, you know, uh, Badger, Badger Bill's uh, Bistro or whatever. And it would turn out that they were all just like the same five people who were who were almost just using their kitchen to clone out different brand names mm-hmm. and see what sold. Uh, so that's a little bit less gory, but um, it's easy it's to funny. fake appearances is the point. Yeah, no, for sure. And just, this is, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up the ghost kitchen thing. I can't remember if we've talked about this. Mr. Beast Burger, we talked about. Mr. Beast Burger, yes. How did you know where I was going with that? Mm-hmm. If you look on their website for this like YouTube guy, he's got this like burger franchise. He's got like a thousand locations. No, I know. We talked about it. We, talk, we, right. we all oh, hung yeah. out at Dave and Buster's, and we were looking <laughs> at the Mr. Beast Burger website, and they're like, how are there like hundreds of locations when we just started hearing about this yesterday? And it's because almost every single one of them is ghost kitchens so something to chew on or drive around the block as it were in a future episode perhaps by the way those mr beast burgers are not good (laughs) tried it overpriced not a good burger but um yeah well that was cool we kind of went through a couple of different areas in that story uh to end up here at this break that we are going to take and then return with another piece of strange news Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we have returned. Uh, there are actually a couple of pieces of strange news here uh, that I wanted to hit on. Um, one quite gory, one being a mystery, and then one... One being um, a bit of a bit of a gallows humor laugh for us, perhaps. So first, let's start in South Africa. Uh, just a few days before we recorded, there were about uh, there were a bunch of teenagers that were partying because school was out. They had passed their exams and they were underage. Twenty one of them died in a mysterious incident at a nightclub. That's what it was originally billed as uh, this idea of mysterious circumstances. And, you know, like we established earlier in the strange news segment, one of the things that at least I like to do whenever there are mysterious circumstances of multiple deaths is to keep an eye on it, you know, and start start hitting the digital beat and see whether there are going to be updates that shed some light on the mystery because 99 times out of a hundred, there are updates. Um, so these kids, just to understand, were not necessarily drinking illegally. They were partying at something called Inyobene Tavern. This is a pretty common thing. It's called a township tavern. Uh, they're often known as Shebeens, S-H-E-B-E-E-N-S, and they're right next to family housing, or they might even be in a family house. And while drinking is permitted for people over 18 in these, in these establishments, those drinking laws aren't always enforced. And I'm sure a lot of our fellow conspiracy realists from maybe small towns throughout the world also know that those laws get bent pretty easily, right? If you're, if your parents are the regulars who are there all the time, then eventually someone's like, ah, whatever he's, you know, he or she or they is 15 or let him, let him have a good Friday. Um, so this was tragic because there were no visible open wounds and investigators were stumped. They came in and said that there were bodies strewn across tables, chairs on the floor. There were no obvious signs of injury. And the luckily, although the investigation is ongoing, uh, luckily, forensic pathologists have made a couple of headways, but they're kind of disturbing. One of the survivors said she was overcome by a strong smell at the venue said there was some sort of spray in the air. She thought it was pepper spray. This is per CBS News, which reported on the story. And while the incident is ongoing, these pathologists believe that the teens, quote, consumed something that led to their deaths based on the initial autopsy. So could someone have poisoned the beers or poisoned the hookahs, the water pipes they were smoking? Um, somehow these kids caught caught the vibe that something was off. It sounds like more than one of them smelled something in the air and they tried to leave while shouting, please let us through, we're dying. There are people who can't breathe. But I, I'm going to stop there before we go to the next to the next story because this is um, an ongoing investigation. But what I, have you guys heard of something similar like this before? I have not. I've heard of like the youth 
clubs, right? That usually don't sell any alcohol whatsoever, no matter how old you are. But it's like a hang mm-hmm. place, right? I've never heard of it yeah. in a residential neighborhood like that, like well, you know, one of the houses on a block or something. But I know that's becoming a popular thing, uh, mm-hmm. at least here in the U.S. It makes me think about the Bahamas story, Ben. The right. carbon monoxide poisoning, where you're in an enclosed space where there's one opening maybe at the end where people are coming and going, and then mm-hmm. the interior begins to fill with carbon monoxide and nobody can tell. Because the way the way that CBS article describes people just kind of getting tired and then laying down on a couch to go to sleep or dancing and then just collapsing, right? Um, it's almost like people are just completely unaware and then they're overtaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this one of the reasons for bringing this story to the air is we also want to hear from you, fellow conspiracy realist, if especially if you live in South Africa, if you've spent time there, uh, tell us what you think the possible causes may be, and we will return to update uh, when and if the investigators make any official conclusions. With that, we're moving on to something that I think fascinated all of us. Quite recently, in a um, <laughs> in a in a hilarious way, I want to shout out Jamie Johnson over at the Telegraph, who says mystery rocket crashes into the moon, and no one on Earth is owning up. So, here's what happened: someone at NASA found that a rocket crashed into the moon and made a very interesting double crater. And you can see this uh, in that Telegraph article and numerous other articles. And scientists are baffled immediately by two things. First, why is there a double crater? That's kind of a tongue twister too, double crater, double crater. Anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah. And then second, who the hell is doing this? Who's out here shooting at the moon? Uh, It looks like it was traveling about 3.3 miles per second when it crashed on March 4th. That's when they're pretty sure it hit. But they have never seen anything like this kind of double crater before. They said typically a spent rocket, a rocket that's had its glory days, you know, uh, it has its mass concentrated in the what they call the motor end and the rest of the rocket body is like an empty fuel tank because it takes a lot of energy to be a rocket. So they're thinking maybe this double crater can help us learn more about the rocket, which can tell us more about um, about how this mystery thing ended up here. Uh, before we find the likely culprit, I do want to pause just to... Uh, talk some trash about uh, humanity very quickly. Is everybody down for that? Interesting. Definitely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Matt, I like that you're cautious. What's he going to say? Um, here's the thing, and I think we can all agree with this. If you are an extraterrestrial traveling to uh, the, the little human corner of the universe, the solar system, then one of the first things you're going to think is, God, these people are trashy. We've got junk everywhere. The moon is littered with crap. In humans' defense, sometimes it's very difficult to get that stuff back. But humanity has also surrounded the planet with stuff. Human beings are the cosmic version of stereotypical rednecks with a bunch of refrigerators and old Chevys just slowly turning into part of the landscape And uh, to me, it's not surprising that they would say, hey, there's a mystery rocket. Where did it come from? To me, it's surprising that they're still able to pick that out amid all the other garbage. Yeah, Is that unfair? (laughs) It's not unfair. It's not unfair. I do want to explore this more. This is a very strange, guys. Uh, The double crater. Mm -hmm. Because if you imagine it, it does have to be two separate it has to be two separate impacts right because even if it was one very long thing it or is it just about the force such a high force impact that somehow it just rocked the moon two craters wide i I don't know like i'm I'm wondering well well, the the telegraph article you're mentioning here ben has a really 
nice little comparison of Apollo mission craters, like right. impact craters, as mm-hmm. the lunar landers you know descend and then finally make contact. And there are some striking similarities there on the edge. If you look at the if you're looking at the mystery crater on the kind of the north, uh, mm-hmm. east, and south edges, it looks as though material was blown that way, that specific way, at least yeah. again, according to my eye to this very low-res image. And then you look at the Apollo ones, and it's the force from the Apollo landers was going straight down, essentially a rocket booster that right. was helping them land, right? So it's mm-hmm. blowing material in all directions, all cardinal directions. This one like is a 40, like 40 yards radius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is what's the, yeah. how would you describe this being different? It appears that there's only material blown kind of in the, an arcing kind of an arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Northeast to Southeast really, uh, at least from the, from the way the image is situated on this, on this article. So it doesn't look like a landing, right? So the, my mind went to, well, maybe it was like a lunar landing. Like somebody sent something up there and tried to land, and it just looks a little right. different because it landed near another crater. But then I remember, oh, wait, humans look at the moon every day, all day, all night, and take pictures, and they would know Ooh. if it was a, an old crater and a new crater, and it is two new craters. Right. You could even get some some pretty stunning photos of the lunar surface from a prosumer telescope these days. Um, I, I also am mystified by this. No, I know a lot of people are going to write to us um, and they might say, look, Earth is way more polluted than the moon. Yes, that's true. Given the surface area of the moon, it is pretty much pristine compared to the planet humans live on. I'm just saying it might not be that way for long, it's still impressive to be able to look at these craters and start to ask these questions. Um, we want to give a wait, shout wait, out wait, to wait. Uh, yeah, Ben. Yes, didn't didn't China impact the moon a while back with some debris, and it was the ring. What was it testing the vibration or the ring or something like that? Like due uh, to the partially hollow nature of the moon that was being tested. Wasn't there something uh, about that? I know I feel like that in twenty nineteen. Israel crashed a spacecraft on the lunar surface. That scattered a lot of debris. Um, But maybe it's where they were trying to land a lunar rover in 2014 or so. Maybe. I just remember something about the moon, like the moon rang, or there were some some strange anomalous readings from the moon after an impact. And the impact was specifically testing... Something to that effect. What happens when you impact the moon at such velocity with such mass? But anyway, uh, I was just thinking with this, if you had two, if you had two projectiles that were going just offset from one another, oh, and you had right, one right. impact and then another one designed to impact on a, almost a resonance, you know, does that make mm. sense? No, like if, if it was like the first impact created this wave and then the second one hit the wave That's at what a I was getting time. at. Yeah, precisely. Like, like something about, you know, the trajectory of the hit that caused some sort of sonic, you know, anomaly that caused the second crater to be cre- to be created. Like the first one is the actual physical impact, the second one some kind of shock wave related, you know. Oh, interesting. Impact. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be a good way to case test in that in that situation. Now, um the experts who are guessing about this now have not speculated in that regard yet. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing it, you know, backstage with each other. But China's name has come up. I want to give a shout out to an astronomer named Bill Gray. Bill is an independent astronomer, and he has on his own created software that helps track objects in space. Very impressive stuff. And according to his analysis, China is involved. He thinks a lot of people first thought this was SpaceX, but uh, Bill Gray thinks that this may be a mark left from a Chinese lunar mission in 2014, which we uh, mentioned briefly back in the day, the Chang'e 5T. This is interesting, or the Chang'e 5T1, I believe. Uh, This is interesting because the Chang'e, uh, like the 5T1s, we'll just call them that. They were these experimental robotic spacecraft 
that were meant to be dry runs on atmospheric reentry. So eventually they would lead to getting human astronauts or living organisms out to space and then safely back. It was named after a moon goddess, by the way. Pretty cool stuff. Um, but they maintained that their boosters, the rocket boosters they use, had just entered the Earth's atmosphere, but then incinerated upon entry because it's really tough to get back in. Makes sense. Yeah, but Bill doesn't believe him. He went back and he did the math. Hashtag they did the math. And uh, he also pointed out, you know, China announces and televises its launches, but it doesn't go public with the roots. And this led him to say, I am 99% sure whatever made this double crater is the China 5TI uh, and not a SpaceX booster. So you can look at um, booster impacts, just like you described, Matt, um, with 40 meters for scale. And you can see Apollo 13, 14, 15, Apollo 17. You can see this mystery crater. And it was an opportunity for us to learn more about what's happening on the moon's surface. Things are going to heat up in the moon pretty soon. Japan, South Korea, India, Russia, people want to get in the game, right? Um, but no other rocket to this day that we know of has created these double craters. So to steal the line from Tom Waits that I love so much, what are they building up there? You know what I mean? I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. I hope the moon is not a junkyard by the time the three of us can afford to go visit it. I think we're good. Think I'm we're okay. Good. <laughs> you think we're good? Okay. Well, I will I will send you guys pictures uh, when I pit stop there on the way further into the ink. Would love to hear, especially from physicists uh, in the crowd and people familiar with aeronautics, what your guesses are regarding the lunar surface and... Just as importantly, we promised you that we would end on a lighter note. Want to shout out, <laughs> want to shout out the Washington Examiner, want to shout out vegan economist and uh, New York Post who revealed to me, I don't know if you guys had seen this. I think, Matt, you mentioned you might have heard something about this. Um, revealed to me earlier this week that a vegan burger has won a somewhat prestigious award. Uh, and it has won, not because it's vegan or not just because it's vegan, but because it is a specially produced kind of one-off uh, product of a Swedish vegetarian food brand named Oomf. And uh, it is human flesh flavored. This is a real Oof. thing. It's not like Hufu. It's not like Hufu from years back. But how, how, how do they, I mean, really, how are they... What's their what's their uh, control here? Oh, how do they figure out it tastes like a human? Right. Well, I mean, that's one question. There's only one way. Not nah, <laughs> clever marketing to me. I mean, are people really donating their bodies to like food science? Like, I don't know. That just doesn't are, seem to are check people, out. Are people in the boardroom like eating their fingernails and saying, "Okay, okay, that's kind of cannibalism I can get behind"? Are they drinking their own blood? Yeah. How do you? How do you break it down? I, I honestly think it's kind of a um, PR stunt. I don't think they plan oh, no, to. Yeah, I don't think they plan to sell these throughout, you know, um, at burger joints throughout Sweden or Europe. No, it was a PR stunt from 2021 in October. It was only available yes. for one day on, on October Halloween. 30th. Yeah. Yeah. And what they won at, at Cannes was an activation, a brand activation award. I know so it's a like, marketing uh, thing. Uh, yeah, they're okay. like, "Good job, guys!" Okay, <laughs> way to activate. Um, I tell you what, it does make me think of though is there's a really cool David Chang cooking future kind of show that is called "The Next Thing You Eat," I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the next thing you eat is a David Chang show, and there's an episode on the future of meat, and it goes into, you know, factory farming, a lot of things that we've talked about on the show, but then it's the first time I've ever really seen um, what one of these meat labs look like, which obviously oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fun thing to say in and of itself, meat, a meat lab, but, um, you know, it's, it's a way of making the protein 
you know, from right. cells. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like cloning. I didn't fully quite understand it, but there is a way to, you know, make essentially grow meat in a lab that is meat. It's not a copy or like a, you know, an analog to meat. It is the real deal. Yeah. And uh, Chang, you know, we, we saw it in, in the, in the frame and he ate it and he was blown away. Um, but I wonder if there's obviously if you had the protein from a human, uh, you could probably do the same thing. And the question there Ooh. becomes, is that okay to do? What if, you know, there's a niche market yeah. for people that maybe want to eat human flesh. And if no one's getting hurt, it, well, mm. what's the what's the problem? Is it just a taboo? Well, let me take it in a darker direction, because this is an mm. important question. The same kind of um parameters of debate could be declared about someone saying, and this is, I'm trying to put this in the least crass way possible. Someone saying, what if um, for sexual satisfaction, I just want to grow a body, like specific sexual organs and just have them in like a thing of flesh and there is no brain, right? There is nothing more than a, just the, the systems needed to make that thing run. Is that then abuse of that? Because it would technically um, be part human. Or what would what would religious authorities say? What would scientific uh, experts say? Longtime listeners know I've been diving into the cultivated meat thing for years. Like back when I was doing the stuff they don't want you to know vlog. Matt and I had to, like talked about this on videos and stuff. Um, the cultivated meat scaffolding, I think, is different, but it does lead to some of the same problems. That we would have uh, as a society when we say, okay, organ trade is is difficult and dangerous for people. What if we just grow bodies without brains and everyone has a second body for spare parts, just like how you had to buy two Harley Davidsons in the 1970s? So you can I mean, that's poach the parts from one? Yeah, one to ride and the other for parts. Yeah, so yeah. You have, I have, I have, I used to have. Remember, I used to have two of these Roland uh, synthesizers, these Juno 106 synthesizers, and I did just that. Between parts from the two, I made one working one, and then I took the second one that was sort of lacking parts and gave it to somebody who found the parts for it and got it working too. But um, I'm into that, right? But, don't, but obviously, it would be just the super wealthy that would be able to do that at first. It would be a very uh, a rare luxury, I think. No, maybe not luxury. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, just. Uh, kind of safety net it'd be opulent yeah well i mean so was ice back in the day right exactly you you either lived in a really cold place or you were pretty wealthy and now um many many people throughout the world uh still you know still struggle with ice but then there are a lot more who don't consider themselves very well to do at all or just like it sucks that i have to use an ice tray why don't i have a refrigerator that just makes ice in the door for me Technology moves really quickly. Um, and while a human-flavored plant-based burger is definitely a PR stunt, I do think it takes us, our conversation in a fascinating direction. What is the carnivorous future, right? Like how, how far away are we from, from non-lab meat being like you, you described, being this opulent, luxurious thing for the well-to-do? Like I had a steak from a cow it was for our 50th anniversary it cost more than the camaro but it was worth it jeez Not i too can far imagine away. that actually <laughs> i know we'll see if we I'm can put it on the around. show budget guys i don't think i have any like clone storage space here in the house um i'd really have Ooh. to expand if i was going to put you know some kind of refrigeration for a whole cloned body of mine hmm uh, we'll, figure well it out. you might you might not have to refrigerate them you know you could just have the the blood circulating and just kind of leave them there the thing is how do you do how do you do, get organs like the eyes and the you know uh the ears uh without also growing a brain right because nobody wants to learn that they're the clone for parts that's a bummer isn't that <laughs> but, the uh, movie the the island that's the movie, The Island. I Spoiler think. alert. <laughs> that's like a big, that's the big twist. 
well, I'm still going to watch it. And uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for tuning in, as always. And thanks for uh, thanks for putting up with my kind of rough voice here. This show must go on. Uh, we can't wait to hear your thoughts about loopholes for drugs in Japan and abroad. Uh, remind me one day to tell you guys about my experience on that side of on that side of the law in Japan, uh, everything's fine. Uh, tell us what you think about clone trucks. Tell us what you think about Ghislaine Maxwell, possible intelligence ties. Um, there, there are so many things we hit on, and we cannot wait to hear your take on it. Uh, also, if you are responsible for shooting a rocket at the moon, feel free to reach out. Uh, we just like your vibe. We want to, you know, we want to learn more. Uh, we try to be easy to find online. Boy, do we ever. You can find us all around the Internet. Uh, we are Conspiracy Stuff on YouTube, Twitter, uh, and also Facebook. That's the one where you can find our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. We're Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. If you don't like social media, why not use your voice and your phone to leave a voice message for us? When you call in, you'll have three minutes. Please give yourself a cool nickname. Uh, it's going to be great. Whatever you say, we don't care. And by the way, it's easy. It's one eight three three std wytk It's that simple. I'm doing this in a weird order just because we've done it so many times. I'm trying to switch it up just for you uh, in case you're actually still listening to this section. If you've got more to say that can fit in that three minutes, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.